0: Welcome to the Fantasy Trash Talk channel, your number one source for hardcore cash-focused fantasy basketball. We are a channel focused on season-long cash fantasy basketball with two expert hosts who play over $5,000 of their own money. Sit back while we get into the strategy of how to win your league. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. Check us out on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. It is Dame time. We are on the clock, picking ten, and we're going to be drafting Damian Lillard with our first pick. We're going to be building around him with a punt, field goal percentage, and block build. We are going to be okay with punting rebounds. We need to, but we're going to try to focus on building the strongest team possible so that we can dominate. Dame is so interesting because drafting this right now at the beginning of September We do not know if he's going to be playing for the Portland Trailblazers this year or the Miami Heat or maybe a mystery team. What do you think about Dame right now? Hey,
1: I think that Dame is going to end up in Miami. I think it's kind of inevitable at this point, and that will definitely change his value. But we're drafting in early September, so we just have to play it like we know it. We're drafting Dame thinking that he's on the Blazers and he's going to play a full season. So we assume he's going to put up similar numbers to last year on the Blazers, and then we'll adjust if things change. If you punt, blocks, and field goal percentage, Dame was the number one player
0: in fantasy life with a Z-score of 0.98 that was so far ahead of Steph Curry that Dame played in this build like he was Steph Curry mixed with Jalen Brown. That's about how good Dame Willard was. You have to wonder what his motivation is as I jump over here to make my next pick. We've got Kyrie Irving. We've got Fred Van Fleet. We're going to go Kyrie Irving. Last year in this build, Kyrie Irving was eighth. There's an argument for picking Fred Van Fleet fourth. There's an argument for picking uh, James Harden. But there's so many players with where we're sitting right now that we have question marks around. With James Harden, you don't know if he's going to be holding out. We're going to go ahead and select some players for our queue. Remember, guys, you want to keep your queue full as much as possible probably the hardest thing about this build is who your power forward and center ends up being
1: yeah i was going to ask you that so are you doing this as a full-on centerless build or is the plan here to get those guys maybe later on what's the plan with power forward and center
0: there's a couple players that are incredibly important in this build and it's players with power forward eligibility so if you go over to the player raider from last year And you take all of the guards out. You see some crazy stuff. So if you're just looking at players with power forward and center eligibility, you have Tatum and you have Joker and Jimmy Butler. But once you get past those guys, once you get past Paul George here, the cliff is pretty strong. This build is not... Look at all the red. Look at the sea of red. Kristaps is worse. Anthony Davis is worse. Vooch is worse. Embiid is worse. Joker is worse. It's hard for power forwards to fit this build. And so you got guys that you need to target like a Trey Murphy, like a Cam Johnson, like a Brandon Ingram, like a Tobias Harris, like a Sadiq Bey. These are players with power forward or center eligibility, and you need those players when you do this build because so many guards pick up in the first four rounds would be disproportionately
1: valued. A small note on that, so the eligibility on the Basketball Monster player rankings is not players eligibility on Yahoo for this year. It's their eligibility for last year. The The eligibility on Yahoo right now is I think preliminary. They're going to add more as the season goes along or even as we get closer to the season. But for right now, like on, on the player rater on basketball monster, DeMar DeRozan is small forward, power forward on Yahoo right now. He's only shooting guards. So just something to know and be wary of. Yeah. You definitely be wanting to be checking it inside the
0: uh, app guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We're doing a lot of work in these videos to make sure that this is the best fantasy basketball content. Uh, also, follow us on Instagram. If you want in these mock drafts, we have a couple subscribers. Shout out to Beardman, going Joel Embiid and Donovan Mitchell. Shout out to, I believe Gary is a subscriber. And there's one more, but I don't. he didn't identify himself yet. Um, also, guys, when you join our mocks in the Instagram chat, Make sure you throw up your uh, name as it appears here so that we shout you out.
1: A few moments later. All
0: right, so we are coming up on the clock in one pick. We're targeting DeJounte Murray. Notice that we have the Q4. And we are hoping that uh, DeJounte falls to us. He does. So we're going to go ahead and pick DeJounte. You notice in the rankings from last year, DeJounte Murray was 21st in this build. We're going to be able to get him at 39th. Another reason that I like DeJounte this year is that there's always a possibility for a Trey Young injury or a trade. DeJounte being traded maybe to a team like the Nets where he gets to inherit the point guard position or Trey Young asking for a trade and DeJounte takes over the Hawks. Obviously, DeJounte and Trey kind of hurt each other's fantasy value last year playing with each other. But uh, you also have a uh,
1: trivia question for us, right? Yeah. So um, Damien Lillard is uh top five for most total three pointers made in the last 10 years we repeat that demon lillard is top five for the most three pointers in the last 10 years who are those top five players and if you can get it in the right order you get bonus points so this is tough i'm tempted to take Kristaps
0: porzingis here at 39 and i think i'm gonna do it we're gonna take Kristaps porzingis here and you might be thinking percentage punt block build why are you taking an off injured center that is going to be playing for the Celtics sharing a lot of minutes with other players love to answer that guys first of all it's okay to skip around when you punt second of all it's very hard to find a center that plays in this build at all you see Kristaps here was 23rd last year the plan would be something like this with Kristaps Porzingis and decent streaming you can be competitive in blocks some weeks six to eight weeks into the season after i won my blocks matchups a few times and improved my standings i would look to trade christoph's Porzingis. but if you have an opportunity to pick a player 15 20 spots ahead of their per game performance and it also fits your build and it's a position of scarcity now i have my first power forward center i'm not going to be as desperate
1: a few moments later for
0: our fifth pick at 58, we're going to be taking Cam Johnson, who I actually has at 58. He gives us another small forward and power forward eligible player, and he gains something like 15 to 18 slots of value in the punt. Since we have Christophs Brazegas, and Cam Johnson, one of our biggest concerns, which was making sure that we have enough uh, power forwards and centers that fit the build, that has now been alleviated. So we don't have to be as worried going forward focus on best player available of which there's going to be a few all right we're on the clock right now probably a little too early for chris paul 63 i'm right on the
1: edge of selecting tyus jones This is actually a tough decision right you don't think tyus can follow the next pick i think he would
0: we're going to take tyrese Maxey. last year he was 56 in the build and by doing that, we're betting not only that he's going to be a little better this year because he's a young player that's still coming up ability, but also we're hoping James Harden is out on because Maxie is definitely unlocked with James Harden not being on the Sixers. So we go Maxie there. Let's jump over and take a look at what our standings come out to right now. So based on last year's performance, we're the number two team currently sitting on a 47% field goal. 87 ish free throw. We actually can afford to drop in free throw if we want to. We're the number one team in threes, number one team in scoring. We are bottom three in rebounds, but it's a margin that I like. If you look at the teams that are above us, uh, two teams are above us by literally a rebound. And that is something that we can target and stream. If you look, probably I would say four teams, five teams. So the two teams below us and then one, two, three teams. We're going to be competitive against five teams in rebounds. That's definitely a soft punt. We are middle of the pack and assists. That's something we, wipe we might want to target in late rounds. We are slightly above average with steals and we are soft punting blocks. So, because we have Christoph's Risingas guys, just as I explained earlier, the plan would be to be competitive. Look, we're at 3.3 right now. That's definitely in range of everyone, probably up until the 4.9. So, we would be targeting one, two, three, four, five, six teams more than half the field to win blocks. And then around the trade deadline, we get out of Chris We are in incredible red of turnovers team. Jesus. Wow. Our turnovers are as low as you can possibly get. And we love toast. What we love to see is ISIS low turnovers. That is the way that you win both categories and you can really stack up a crazy ranking. All right. We're, our pick is coming up. Let's jump back over to the board. God, I hope Tyus Jones falls. That would be an absolute monster pick. We also like Trey Murphy. You sort by ADP, which is what we recommend. You see that uh, Tyus is up in three picks. Trey Murphy is being picked in the 90s right now. Tyus is still still on the board, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to take Tyus Jones at 82. Last year, uh, Tyus Jones in this build was only 87th and you might be thinking josh why are you taking a player that was 87th with the what was that 82nd pick we are assuming that tyus jones is going to get the starting knock for the washington wizards and as a starter tyus jones numbers were impressive we'll go ahead and put those on the screen i do not have them memorized we'll get them stat muse which is an excellent excellent website Assuming that he gets to the starter minutes, we would expect him to be a top 40, maybe even top 30 player in this build. We are up in one pick. We're going to be taking Trey Murphy. If he falls, oh man, Clay Thompson is hard to pass up here. In this build, Clay Thompson last year was a monstrous 38. There are also players, I think, like Gary Trent Jr. still available. Gary Trent Jr. is out there. There's a lot of players here that just massively fit the bill. So the decision here is, do we go with Klay Thompson? Or do we go with Trey Murphy? 11 seconds on the clock. This is kind of how it would be on a Dre. I'm going to go. I'm picking Trey Murphy. The reason why I picked Trey Murphy is the sides... That power forward eligibility, which becomes incredibly important, which is probably the number one reason why I went with him, play's age has definitely, definitely caught up to him. And you would expect, even in a scenario where he does not get injured, he's going to be sitting back-to-backs. On the other hand, with Trey Murphy, we have no idea how much Zion is going to play this year. We have no idea if Brandon Ingram is going to keep from getting banged up. He definitely has not been an Ironman. When we're picking in the late 80s or the 90s, we don't need Trey Murphy to play like he played last year. We only need him to continue to project and continues to get better every single year. He has a lot of skills and that power forward eligibility. We don't need 60 spots of value. Whereas with play, even if he could play as good this year as last year, which I'm not sure if he can, he's going to be sitting a lot of games. So divide whatever performance you see
1: from Clyde per game by a third. It's pretty easy to see that it's. Josh, let me ask you. So you were talking, you're going through the standings, the projected standings from last year, and your team is pretty low in blocks. What players are you targeting as you get later in the draft here to try and increase your blocks to a a spot where you could beat, you know, half the teams or so?
0: Yeah, I mean, as I'm looking through my numbers right now, I have a lot of room on free throw percentage. I'm maxed out in threes, so I don't really feel the need to improve there. Um I think assists, if anything, I would probably wanna be getting a little stronger in assists. Right now we are almost one of the best steals teams. Um what I would wanna do is I don't think I would wanna necessarily invest more draft capital. Into shot blocking, unless there's just like, I mean, for example, Jabari Smith Jr. jumps out to me. I'd be very happy taking him at 106. He falls. I'm okay with that. But I don't want to target, let's say, is there another shot blocker here that would be a good example? I don't want to target Al Warth because he might block some shots. Yeah, I don't want to target Duran. Well, at 106, I might target Duran just as Mark Williams would be actually a great pick here. Uh, I think he's already off the board. No, he's not. Yeah. Mark Williams, just a great pick here, period. A lot of upside there. I'm also looking at D'Anthony Melton. um, Kind of in that similar, what's going to happen without Harden Vein Melton was 61st last year in incredibly limited minutes. This is pretty easy for us, though. We're going to solve two things. We're going to take Jabari Smith Jr. here. Um, a, A ton, a ton of upside last year. Javaria was 136 in the double version of this build, which you might think isn't very good. It's actually very good for a big man. Big men are, are brutalized in, in this build. Um, and if we go over and we look at our blocks, we uh, already jumped back up, right back into the middle of the pack. So we jumped up over three teams and within 0.1 of a fifth team. So that's that's exactly where we want to be. And we don't really have to worry about uh, positional stuff now. Gary okay. Harry Trent goes off the board. Probably just going best player available here for these last three picks. Um, I think we go Mark Williams. Here.
1: We uh, we had a trivia question last in the last video for the SGA video, so I'm going to give you the answers yeah. to that question. The, the question was, over the last five seasons, only five other players other than SGA have averaged at least 1.6 steals and one block per game. Who are they? So the answers are um, Jonathan Isaac, Matisse Thibel, who did it twice, Rocco, Robert Covington, uh, Andre Drummond, and of course, Anthony Davis, who I think he did it twice, and he's come close some other time. So he's probably the biggest monster of those five. But just some, some names to think about from previous years. Andre Drummond, back in the day, he was a beast. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he was a fantasy beast. A few moments later...
0: So here's our Dame Lillard punt field goal percentage and punt block build. We ended up soft punting everything except for field goal percentage. Our top five, Dame Lillard, Kyrie Irving, DeJounte Murray, Cam Johnson, Christoph Porzingis, I feel pretty strongly about. Um, the only pick that I probably would redo if I had more time, I had done this build with more practice, is I think sometimes you take LaMelo Ball, I think you take Red Van Fleet. I think that there's better players that you can pair with Kyrie Irving. I don't like Fred Van Fleet's uh, durability, Lillard. but then again, I with Lillard, yeah, I don't like Fred Van Fleet's durability, but I also don't like Kyrie Irving, so this kind of washout, out, even though Kyrie is a slightly better uh, overall player and probably has more trade value, Fred Van Fleet fits this build better. In fact, if this was happening in a real draft, I'd probably try to trade Kyrie for Fred Van Fleet plus something, if that was possible. We got uh, Cam Johnson. We got a lot of players actually that have the small forward power forward eligibility talking about the end of the draft. I really like what we did with Sadiq Bey, Brandon Miller, and Elio Linick. And
1: I'll talk about it for a second, but I know that Jake mentioned that he hates Brandon Miller. So I just think that rookies are not good in fantasy. We have a really long track record of rookies just being not even rosterable. I mean, if you just go by rankings last year, Paolo Bencaro, who clearly was the best rookie in in the league last year wasn't even a rosterable player I mean obviously he fit certain builds so he was okay to have on some teams but he was outside the top 150 or so and he had a great rookie season so it's just really really hard for an NBA rookie to be a rosterable player in fantasy it's also really hard for an NBA rookie to get any playing time for Steve Clifford who's the coach of the Charlotte Hornets he didn't play Mark Williams last year very much even though he was clearly their best center uh, Nick Richards had trouble signing the court he wasn't even a rookie so uh, there's just a long track record of Steve Clifford not playing rookie so those two things combined plus the the Charlotte Hornets roster is pretty packed at that position so I would stay away I, I still think it's like a relatively worthy flyer just to see what happens early in the season but I, I bet you end up cutting him anyway
0: it's a good point and I'll jump in with what I think and why I disagree when you're picking with your 12th or 13th round pick on average those picks are not rosterable so what I like to do is I like to look for the highest ceiling possible. My analysis of Brandon Miller is I like what I saw from a tool standpoint from him in the preseason. He's the number two pick for a Charlotte team that is going to be uh, being sold. They're not going to want the number two pick to be a bust. And so when you look at them from an asset perspective, I think he's going to get some run. Um, the other players that you mentioned, Gordon Hayward and uh, Miles Bridges, those are two players that have giant red asterisk next to them for different reasons the club is not really heavily motivated in i like the upside where potentially you could get a player at 130 or 140 that ends up playing like a 90 or an 85 i think with a lot of the veterans it's harder to get players that are just going to constantly be waiver wire with sadiq bay um with john collins being traded a lot of minutes and a lot of shot attempts are going to be opened up for sadiq bay this year he was an ultimate uh small ball power forward fantasy team you'll go percentage he plays very well with it we got a lot of youth on this team Trey Murphy, Bari, Smith Jr., Mark Williams, Tyrese Maxey, Tyus Jones, Sadiq Bey, Brandon Miller that's like seven players in a row that are young as hell so you know assuming Dame plays like he did last year I'm gonna say that this team is you know it's a probably a seven and a half floor with a nine ceiling with the idea being that I would trade Chris Hops, Porzingis, and Jabari Smith Jr. out as we approach the uh, fantasy playoff. And I would look to go even deeper into the punt. But I think this is a team where we could compete for a top three seed, assuming Damon and Kyrie are playing at the start of the season. So yeah, I think we could have done slightly better, but I think this is a strong build.
1: Jake? I think it's pretty strong. I think you're a little bit light on assists, which, like you said, you can trade Kyrie or, um, some, or Porzingis to get some more assists later. But I think early on, you're going to struggle against the big time assist teams but other than that i'm i'm pretty sold and i'm going to give it a seven out of ten just because of that but i i do think it's a really strong team
0: awesome well guys that's going to do it for this video as always don't forget to drink the blood of your enemies and crush the souls of your friend trash talk out